Hallelujah. I'm not acquainted or familiar with any of you, and and you are not acquainted or familiar with me. This is the very first time we are meeting each other, um, and I have one request of you, Amen. and that's that you would be real and authentic. Um, it is hard for the presence of God to move in a place where people put a facade on, or they try to hide emotion and act tough or act like they don't need anything but yeah, today there's on. a presence of God in this place yes. and it really wants to work in someone's life if you let it I feel that in the Holy Ghost I, I don't believe I'm here by happen chance I don't believe that 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 I just stumbled in here but I believe this is a, a God ordained moment Amen. and if you will just if you will just be real and authentic when God is visiting us he can transform your life today Amen. Uh, I'm not going to be long. We've been in, in church for a while now, but I want to turn your attention to John chapter 5, reading from verse number 2 to verse number 9. I want to give honor to Brother Camarina and Abundant Life Center. I want to thank you for allowing me to be here with, with you guys this morning, and I, I believe that God is going to do something tremendous in this place. Yes. How many Amen. of you believe that? Amen. Would you just wave your hand if you believe that? Hallelujah. Amen. John chapter 5, starting in verse 2, it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches, and in these lay a great multitude of infant folk, a blind halt, withered and waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there. Everybody say a certain man. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Everybody say, Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? And then Pope Man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. You close your Bibles. Would you lift your hands one more time? And would you ask God that he would speak directly to you in this house this morning? God, we ask you right now that you would visit us once again, God. That you would speak directly to individual needs, God. We ask you right now, Lord, that your presence and your power would show up and show out in this place, God. I believe that you have a plan for this service and a plan for your people's lives, God. We ask you that you do it in this house. Why don't you put your hands together all across this place right now and glorify God for what he's going to do in this place. Amen. Man, you may be seated. You know, if you just would pick up your Bible and begin to read in the Gospels, you would you would find out that there are many different things that can pop out to you as you read the Gospels. And this is just, I'm not started yet, I just feel to share this with you. Yes. But when you look at the woman with the issue of blood, she had a real problem. She was in a real life circumstances and needed some real answers. And the Bible said that she pushed her way through the crowd. 
You know, many people look at that and they talk about many different things, desperation and, and many different topics that you can pull from that story. But, but one of the main things that sticks out to me is that sometimes you can come into God's presence and He'll touch you. There'll be times you can walk into His house and God will immediately begin to move in your situation and immediately begin to move in your heart. But you see, there are other times when you're struggling, when you have real problems, when you cried yourself to sleep the night before and you come into His house and you don't feel anything. That's real talk right there. That's real life. Is when you come into His house and you just... Everything seems dried up. Your emotions are dry. Nothing seems to be going right. But you see, that's when we can look at this story. We can realize that, yeah, sometimes God's going to touch you. But there are other times that you're going to have to come into his house. And you're going to have to push them through through some things. You're going to have to push some things out of the way. And you're going to have to make up your mind, God, I want to touch you. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, if you just make up your mind. That God, no matter what the circumstances is, no matter what i got to push through, I'm going to touch you before I leave this place. I'm telling you, God can perform a work in your life this morning. Man. Today in the modern society that we live in, there is a great big paradox at hand. If you are confused as what a paradox is, a paradox is defined as something that is absurd. Something that when you first hear it, it, it triggers something in your mind that makes you think that there's no way that that could be true. But when you begin to investigate it, when you begin to look into it, you'll find out that there's a substantial amount of evidence that it is in fact true. The first paradox that comes to my mind and to many people's mind when you think about uh, uh, things that don't seem true when you first hear them is when people say, when I am weak, then I am strong. When you hear that, it it, it seems impossible that at your weakest point that you can in fact be your strongest. But when you begin to investigate that, when you begin to dive into Scripture and begin to look into that, you will realize that when you at your fleshly state are at your weakest point, then God and the power of His Spirit can move on you and you can in fact be at your strongest point. And so we know that when we are weak, then God is strongest through us. I want to let you know that today in the world we're living in, there is a great big paradox at hand. Because you see, if, if you gave me the liberty today to, to give you a title of my message, yeah. it would be real life problems need real life answers. Amen. You see, the reason I ask you to be vulnerable and to be real with me this morning is because if you'll be real, God will give you a real answer. Yes. And today, today the world is suffering from a paradox. It only takes a little bit for you to go outside and to see architecture and buildings that have grown bigger and taller than ever before. There's been advancements in in architecture. There's been advancements in technology. You now possess the, the world's largest library in your hand. The world has made all kinds of advancements, things that you would think would lead to a life that's easier and a life that makes things a lot better. Medicine has made uh, advancements unprecedented. 
The pharmacies give you all kinds of things that are supposed to be able to take care of all kinds of problems. But still the world is suffering from not having an answer to their real life problems. Let me give you a couple statistics this morning. I searched these up uh, before coming here. It says that one in six Americans are on pills for depression or anxiety. The suicide rate in the United States is at the highest it's ever been in 30 years. Now tell me that after hearing about all the advancements that the world has made and and after hearing about all the technology and the medicine and the architecture and the things that people have tried to push forward to say, we've got an answer to your problem. You're struggling this, let me give you this. You need this, you need happiness, let me give you this. But still, people do not have an answer to their problems. This morning, the first thing I want us all to realize is that the world does not hold the answer to life's problems. Why don't we say that the world does not hold the answer to life's problems? Though, Though we all may be guilty today, we cannot allow ourselves to fall prey to looking into the world and and, and seeking after the world and looking after their worldly answers for our problems. I want to remind you this morning that we serve the answer. Whatever situation you're going through, God is the answer. Whatever thing you're struggling with, God is the answer. Don't allow yourself to, to, to be tricked or fooled into going into the world and thinking that you're going to find something that will sustain every single need and every single problem that you have. You've got to realize that, that in this house, an abundant life center is a place where you can find the answer to every need that you have. But it takes a little bit of pushing and pressing yes, yes. through the crowd. It takes a little bit of desire to touch the throne of God. Amen. But if you will, there are answers unexplainable answers that you could have never imagined up the bible says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts let me tell you this morning that if you're struggling in sin if you have problems up to your head and you don't know what to do you can come into this house this morning and make your way to an altar of repentance and find out that there's a god who holds the answer to every problem in your life chapter 5 we read about a man who is sitting at a pool in Bethesda he has been there for 38 years the Bible tells us and and he's there waiting and hoping for an answer to his problem 38 years have come and gone and still no answer has come to this man you know there's people walking the streets today that that have spent time and money searching for an answer to their problems, but yet have been let down time and time again. I'm telling you, we as the church of the living God that possess the answer, we ought not be shy and we ought not be uh, 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 hiding our candle under a bushel, but we ought to go and talk to those people. We ought to go knock some doors and let them know that abundant life sinner has the answer to their problems. This man had been there 38 years, the Bible lets us know, and time was slipping away. But the Bible tells us that Jesus comes to Jerusalem. 
And when Jesus shows up, the Bible says that he saw this man. And he knew that he had been in this case for a long time now. Let me tell you this morning, if you're struggling and, and you're facing problems that you don't know what to do with. And the enemy's telling you that God doesn't know where you are and that God has forsaken you. Let me remind you that God knows exactly where you are and exactly what you need. I think of David as he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He's walking, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm paraphrasing because I want you to understand that David was walking through a valley of death. There seemed nothing good to be going on in David's life. There seemed nothing to be rejoiced about going on in David's life. But if you would just stop and listen closely as David did. David said, I can hear the following footsteps of goodness and mercy. Let me tell you today that if the enemy is lying to you and whispering in your ear, telling you that God's forsaken you and God doesn't know what you're going through and God doesn't know what you're struggling with, you need to remind the enemy that he's Emmanuel, which means God with us. this morning Jesus is not just interested in just wiping your physical problems away there'll be times that will help you pay your bills there'll be times that will heal your body but that's not all he's interested in right this man had been sitting there 38 years troubled in his body not able to move and when Jesus came to him he didn't ask him do you want me to heal your body he said, do you want to be made whole? And that word whole means sound. You know what sound is? He was telling them, I don't want to only heal your physical body. Yeah, yeah. He says, I want to touch you inside. Yes. He says, I want to give you peace of mind. Yes. I want to give you joy that's unspeakable yes. and full of glory. Yes. He says, I want to restore to you a sound mind. I'm trying to tell you this morning that God is not just interested in touching your physical need and physical bodies but he wants to do an internal work right. something that will wipe away the anger and yeah. the bitterness yes, yes, something yes. that will wipe away the hurt and the pain yes. that you're suffering from something that will wipe away all that internal struggling that you're battling I'm telling you, you serve a God that does a sound work yes. you're interested in your economy Man, the question: Do you want to be made whole? 
And as I was reading this, what stuck out to me was the man's response. I want you for a moment to think with me. Imagine struggling with the problem for 38 years of your life. Toiling with it, wrestling with it day after day after day. And someone comes up to you and asks you, do you want me to take care of your problem? Do you want me to give you your peace of mind back? And the man responds to God robed in flesh. The one who holds all power in heaven and earth. And he says, yeah, I like that. He says, but I have no man. You see, this man was twisted in his mind. He, was, he had been struggling for so long and, and hoping and leaning on different things to be his answer. That, that when the real answer showed up, yeah. he couldn't recognize it. He said, I have no man. He thought the answer to his problem was another man coming and grabbing him and saying, come on, brother, we're going to make it. You're going to do it. You're going to be okay. And he refused to recognize that God robed in flesh was standing in front of him, telling him, I can heal your body. I can give you peace of mind. I can take that anger and that bitterness away from you right now. You see, we, we, we'll sit here this morning and we'll shake our heads and we'll wag our fingers at this man. But you see, have you ever thought about how you come into service after service after service with all your problems and messed up lives and, and troubles and trials? And just like a few moments ago, we have a move of God that's so strong and so powerful. And God is walking through the aisles and the rows of this building. And he's asking you, do you want me to help you? Do you want me to fix your problems? Do you want me to give you peace of mind? And you sit there with your arms crossed. And say, I really like that. But you see, this and this and this won't allow it. And he's asking you, come on. What are you waiting for? I've got the answer to your problems. I want to help you. Yes, yes, yes. I want to make you whole. Yes, amen. And you sit there like that man for 38 years with your arms crossed and say, I'd really like that. But I just, I don't know where the answer is. And he's begging and pleading with you, telling you, I'm your answer. Come on to me. Come on to me. Yeah, yeah. And we sit there rejecting the voice of God. And the plea to allow him to fix our problems. You see, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, God has been a respecter of persons. We call it free will. God will never force you to do something you don't want to do. God will allow you to sit in your messed up situation as long as you don't cry out for help. Because he's not going to force it on you. Yeah. You see, I heard the, the elder talking this morning about why the tree was placed in the Garden of Eden. You want to know why I believe that, that God placed this tree that they were not to partake of in the middle of the garden so beautiful and so precious where they walked with God daily? It's because wherever there is not an open door, you're in prison. If there is no way of escape, you are trapped in prison. 
And God has always given man free will. And so he put a tree in the middle of this garden and said, it is your opportunity. It's through your obedience that you'll worship me. But if not, there's a way of escape. I'm trying to tell you this morning that you can come to Abundant Life Center for 38 years and keep your problems for 38 years as long as you never allow God to work in your life. Amen. You have to allow him. You have to ask him, God, I need you. God, I'm really going through some things right now, and and I really need you to intervene on my behalf. That's why he asked the man the question, will you be made whole? Because he would have let the man sit there for years on years on years, never getting the answer that he needed if he didn't want it. Jesus told the man, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And the Bible says immediately, he stood up, picked up his bed, and he went on walking. Let me tell you this morning that that if you're struggling with some problems and you've had them for a while, God can do immediate work this morning. God can take away your problems in a split second. It's not hard for him. All it takes is somebody that says, God, I want you to. I want you to take this heavy burden I'm carrying and that I'm bearing. You know what God is looking for? He's looking for a modern day Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 10, you can read the story of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was a blind, broke beggar who sat by the highway side begging. And we know Bartimaeus being blind, he relied upon what he heard. And the Bible says that that Bartimaeus was sitting there in his beggarly element, in his problem. And it says that he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth that was coming. Bartimaeus must have heard someone shouting it off in the distance that Jesus was passing by. And the people were shouting, Jesus of Nazareth. But I want you to recognize and I want you to think about this. Is that Bartimaeus who had a real life problem and needed a real life answer. He didn't shout out what everybody else was shouting out. See, everybody else was crying out, Jesus of Nazareth. But you can go read it. It's in your Bible. But for time's sake, just let me translate it on my own. Mark chapter 10, you can read it. When Bartimaeus cried out, he said, Jesus, thou son of David. You see, while everybody else was crying out, Jesus of Nazareth, Bartimaeus had a revelation. Bartimaeus had a revelation. He knew him more than just where he was from, but he knew who he was. He knew that this was the Messiah that was going to come through the lineage of David. And that was going to save people from their sins. And Bartimaeus sitting there in his messed up state. Needing a real answer. Needing something that would fix his problem. He didn't cry out when everybody else was crying out. But he knew the real answer is passing me by. And I only got a little bit to cry out to him. And the Bible says that he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David. He said, I know who you are. You're my answer and I need you. I know who you are. You're the Messiah. The one that's going to save the world. 
world from their sins. And I need you, Jesus. The Bible tells us that everybody else around begin to tell Bartimaeus to hold his peace. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. He don't want nothing to do with you. He, you're just a blind, broke beggar. You got too many problems. God doesn't care about you, Bartimaeus. But the Bible says he cried the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, there will be people that are coming in your life. And they'll tell you, going to, to that church, is it? You ain't got to do all that. You don't got to come to the altar and cry out. It, it doesn't work like that. You just got to believe on him. You see, those are the people that are crying out, Jesus of Nazareth. They don't have the revelation of who he is. They just know where he's from. But when you get the revelation of who he is, when you get the revelation that he's the real answer to your very real problems, you don't mind coming Sunday after Sunday and walking up to this altar, lifting your hands and crying out and not caring what anybody else is thinking. I'm trying to provoke something out of you this morning that lets you know you can really be delivered from all those troubles. You really can be set free from all those chains holding you down. But you've got to make up in your mind, I'm going to come to that altar and I'm going to cry out. And I'm going to cry out again when they say you ain't going to do that. And I'm going to shout loud when they say you ain't going to do that. I wish there was somebody that broke that mouth, but don't want to shout in the name of Jesus right now. You've got to be willing to lay certain things down at the altar 
if you want to get your answer. That's right. The Bible says that when Jesus called Bartimaeus unto him, yeah. that Bartimaeus took off his beggarly garments yeah. and he left them there never to return to them again. Yeah. You want God to take those chains off your life? You want God to give you that peace of mind and take away that stress and that anxiety and depression? Yes, yes amen. You've got to lay that stuff down on the altar. Lay it down. Right. That's right. The Bible says he'll give you beauty, but it's only for your ashes. You know what that word for is? It means exchange. He'll give you beauty, but you've got to come lay down those ashes. You need joy in your life? He'll give you joy, but it's only when you come down to the altar and lay down that morning. Yeah. I'm telling you this morning, I feel it so strongly in the Holy Ghost that if somebody will just make up their mind, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of going through the same old thing time and time again. If you would just come down to this altar and lay it down on the altar, God will begin to be that answer that you're searching for. God will begin to give you the answer to every single problem you're struggling with. Can read the story of Mary and, and Elizabeth. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth, the mother of John. We all know the story of, of how the Holy Ghost conceived in Mary and she brought forth the Savior of the world. The angel Gabriel coming to them and prophesying the birth. But I want you to notice just this little clip of a very long story. That when Mary realizes that she is bearing the Savior of the world in her womb. And she knows that cousin Elizabeth's down there and she has John in her womb. The Bible lets us know that Mary comes to visit Elizabeth. And she's coming to Elizabeth and as she's walking, journeying there. The Bible says that she sees Elizabeth and she gets closer to Elizabeth. And when she gets to a certain proximity of Elizabeth, the Bible tells us that John, a fetus in Elizabeth's womb, he leapt. John leapt because as a fetus he had a revelation that the Savior of the world was near. He had a revelation that that over in the womb of Mary, there was one called Jesus who was going to save his people from their sins. And that made that fetus leap in the womb of Elizabeth. I want you to grasp this. I want you to understand that, that, that from a very, very, very young age, John had a revelation that Jesus was the answer to whatever he needed. As a fetus leaping and worshiping because the Savior of the world was near. John knew there's something special about this man. There's something about this man that, that's going to give me answers to my problems. But you read about John's life and John's story. And the Bible begins to tell us about many of the works that he did. And the baptisms that he performed. But, but somewhere along John's journey and John's life. Something began to happen to him. Circumstances in life began to take toll on John and, and begin to wear some things out of him. 
Because later on in Scripture we find John. And the Bible tells us that he's in prison. And John is sitting in prison. Mind you, this is the same John that already had a revelation that Jesus was the answer. John was sitting in prison in a circumstance that seemed so so out of this world that, that he calls his, his messengers over and he tells them, come here. He says, I got something I need you to do for me. He says, I have a message I need you to take Jesus. He says, I want you to go ask him. Is this he that should come? Or do I look for another? You see, somewhere in John's life, circumstances and and just real life problems begin to take toll on John. And it began to wear on him before. Before he had this understanding that Jesus really was the answer. But life began to wear on him. Problems and situations began to wear on him. And he's sitting in prison and he asks the question, is this still the answer or do I need to look for another? Let me tell you this morning that that life will do that to you. You'll get to a place in life, and some of you may be here this morning, where you're sitting in, it seems like a prison that life has put you in. And you're begging God, saying, are you my answer, or am I going to have to go somewhere else and look for another? Are you still the one that can touch me and change my life, or or do I got to go somewhere else? And those messengers, they... They take that message from John and they go to Jesus. And they go to Jesus and ask him the question, John wants to know, are you, are you, that, are you he that should come or is he looking for another? And Jesus' response to him is something that you need to grasp and hold on to. Because he calls those messengers over. And the Bible says that he began to lay hands on people. And the Bible says that the blind begin to see, and the lame begin to walk, and the deaf ears were open. And what God was doing is he was performing miracle after miracle after miracle. And he went back over to those messengers of John, and he said, you know what I want you to do? He said, I want you to go tell John what you did see. Because you see, John was sitting in a place of life. Where it seemed like God was so void from him. It seemed like God was absent from all the problems that he was struggling with. And and in a trial with. And so he told those, those messengers of John. He said, you know what I want you to go tell John? He said, like the song they sang this morning. He said, I want you to go tell John when he's sitting in the problems of life. And in the prisons of life. That even when he doesn't see it. I'm still working. And even yes. when he doesn't think it, I'm still yes. working. Even when he doesn't, it doesn't seem like a job. You better realize that when you're in the prison of life, that I still am the answer to your problems. Let me tell you this morning, church. You might be sitting in a prison of life, and you might be struggling and trialing against all kinds of different problems. And it seems like God's so void from you and God's absent from you. But he says this preacher reminds you this morning that even when you don't see it, God is still working. And even when you don't think it, God is still moving. You ought to be, you ought to be thankful for that promise from God this morning. 
You've got to understand. You might be fighting and trialing against so many things. And it may seem like God is a million miles away from you. You listen to this preacher this morning. That God is moving on your behalf. Don't believe the lies of the enemy in your ear telling you. Just throw in the towel. It's not worth it. It's not going to happen. He's not your answer. Just just forget about it and go do whatever you want to do. Go try to find something else that's going to that's going to please your your mind and going to please your heart and try to find something else that's going to take care of those problems that you're struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I'm not just I'm not just here trying to preach to you about something I have no clue about. You see, I've been I've been traveling all across the United States for the last year and a half by myself, preaching in different churches, doing different things. And there's a lot of times where I'm completely dependent and relied upon the hand of God helping me. Yeah. And God has come through time and time again. Yes. Amen. And just this last year, I was in Louisiana preaching and and, 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 and I got this call from my dad. And, and I have these I have three sisters. They're all older than me. And there was one of my sisters, she just, from a very young age, made up her mind that, that she was going to go out in the world and try to find answers to her problems. And, and she began to dabble in drugs and games and alcohol and violence and, and all kinds of other different things. And I could remember my parents trying to help her. They would, they would give her money. They would, they would do whatever they could because that was... That was their daughter. That was their baby. And they wanted to see her make something of herself rather than just run her life into a mess. And I can remember her coming and living with us. And, 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 and she, would be, she would do good for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it seemed like all chaos would break loose. And, and she would be fighting with people, making threats. And, 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 and there was people breaking into our house. And, and just all kinds of absurd things were happening. And finally, I, I, I can't remember my age specifically. It was like she just disappeared out of our life. She just went into the world and, and just started partaking of anything and everything that she thought would please her appetite for a real answer to her problems. Every now and then we would get a call from her. She would show up to Christmas with stitches across her face from getting beat up and jumped in. And there were so many instances, I can tell you, we could stay here for hours of me talking about it. But I, don't, I want to get to the main point, and that's that, that she was living this life in the world trying to find an answer, trying to find something to, to help her with the problem she was struggling with. And finally, I was going to Louisiana, and, and my parents got this call. And it was from the county jail, and, and they picked up the phone, and, and it was her on the other line. And she was broken, and, and she was crying, and she was telling them that I'm through living the way that I'm living. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to do these things anymore. And, and, and she told them, she said, I don't know if God's the answer, but I'm willing to give it a try. And my mom was like, Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come talk to you there. We want to see because 
She, she, had, she had come back and done good for a little bit and would go back to her old ways. It was a back and forth thing. And, and she wanted to see if this time it was a real thing. And they went and visited her and, and she was crying and telling them about, about her and, and, and what she had stopped doing and the things she'd been trying to do was pray and, and seek God's face and try to figure out answers to her problems. She gets out of jail. She, she starts going to church. And I'm proud to stand here today and say that every single time I've been back home to preach, she's been in the altar looking clean, dressed up with her hands raised and tears flowing down her eyes. Let me tell you, though, it doesn't stop there. You know what she did? She went out in the world and grabbed some of her friends that were battling with drugs, alcohol, searching for real problems, searching for real answers to their problems. And she brought them in. And they were baptized. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. right now. Why don't we all stand right now? I'm telling you this morning, I felt God send me here with a direct word to you people. And that is that, that you will be very real and vulnerable. God can do an immediate work in your life this morning. I want to open these up, these altars up. And if you need some answers to some real problems, I want you to make your way down here. Come on. You've got to step out by faith. Is there anybody that will come to this altar and say, I need a real answer to my problems? I need a real answer for the things that I'm struggling with. I'm telling you, if you'll just believe me, God will work a work in your life this morning. You ought to make your way down here right now. Come on, why don't we all join us this morning? Why don't we all join us at the front this morning? When you get here, just lift your hands, close your eyes. Don't be worried about the person next to you. And I want you to begin to talk to God and ask Him that He would move in your life and help you with your problems. Come on. Don't hold anything back.